0: You are listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from New York City. This is a crazy world we're living in. This is a crazy world we're living in. This is a crazy, crazy, crazy world we are living in. Okay, friends, enough of that. You just saw my future right there, playing at a linguine restaurant uptown. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, it is podcast o'clock, and it's been a while since I've done the podcast. To be honest, it's a little bit of a different bag. It's uh, to podcast or not to podcast, to talk about stuff or not to talk about stuff. That's what I'm certainly going through right now, as the world has seemed to have, uh, I think we have a flat tire. And I find myself here, down in my little bunker. Uh, I should probably stop calling it a bunker. It's my studio uh, beneath my house. And I'm asking myself a lot of questions, probably like you guys all are. Like, okay, so that all happened. A uh, citadel and bastion of democracy was stormed by a bunch of Walmartians. So that happened, and now we are dealing with the fallout. Um... It's so easy to sit and say, I told you so, as I'm sure, you know, I saw this, this interview the other day with Robert De Niro and he's like, he's a gangster, he's a gangster president. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> this is bad, man. Uh, so on my uh, on my Onward community Patreon page, um, I have a wonderful group of people that uh, I interact with quite a bit. They're all very intelligent, lovely, um, humane, music-loving art-celebrating type of human beings. And we've been having um, some discussion in both DMs and um, on my page just about all of this. And it's a really great question. And as always, as a musician and as a creative, I'm asking myself a lot of different questions right now. I'm asking myself, whoa, uh, how much do we want to talk about this? I mean, you know, you think about, uh, does anyone remember when Pearl Jam took on Ticketmaster? Basically, no one gave a shit. It's like, sorry, bro, you're a, you're a millionaire. Like I, I, I get that you're trying to save the plight of the world. Uh, and then there was Metallica who was just like, and no, uh, we're, it's just, it's so hard when we, when we, uh, when we take on like kind of topics of the day, it's on, on one hand, you can be like this outspoken sort of, um, like David Bowie character. That's like, you know, critically respected and, And and people listen to you. And then on the other hand, you're, you know, you're like vanilla ice and like no one really gives a crap what you think. So, you know, I I think it's probably best for me to uh, steer clear of uh, the political spectrum. However, it does really affect all of us. And I think that this is all piling up on us in such a unique fashion in that we are in a pandemic. So there's that. Uh, here in Brooklyn, I heard in the Navy Yards they're setting up. A, they're setting up a, a vaccination center, which is actually really nice. If any, if all of this has taught me anything, it's really that you know we are all connected, um, both to the global community at large, but also as in our own citizenry, in our own, uh, on our own streets, and our own cul-de-sacs, and neighborhoods We're all connected, and we certainly are here in New York. This is the, man, I would say this is like the fourth kind of major thing that I've seen here. Uh, the first one was 9-11. The second one, although not a very big deal, it kind of was here. Uh, we had a blackout, like a complete power um, power loss here in New York, if anybody remembers that. It was extremely... Odd because we were sort of bracing ourselves for the worst. Like, wow, are are we are are like these bad guys gonna pop out and start robbing everybody? Like no one knew what was going on, and it actually was pitch dark. If you can imagine New York City pitch dark. I was literally walking down the street in the dark and bumped into like physically bumped into a group of people. I just didn't hear them, they didn't hear me, and whammo. Uh, I would say the third thing that we went through here was Hurricane Sandy. I was actually on tour for that, but my friends from Red Hook uh, in the neighborhood were sending me pictures of literally like, you know, people in in like rowboats going down Van Brunt, (laughs) you know, going down avenues and boats and trying to help, you know, that that flood, that was horrendous. And then now we've got this situation. I will say you know, going through the pandemic in in a, in the inner city, I guess you could say dense uh, uh, po- uh, urban density like this. Uh, the food banks have been doing everything they can, and I think we're all helping our neighbors out. My upstairs neighbor Roberta, she's left. She just left me soup last week, and it's it's actually been kind of this very folky, warm human thing going on. Like she made soup, and I do her laundry for her and then I return the jar upstairs that she gave me the soup in and she leaves me a chocolate (laughs) and um uh I I check on her and I just hear her up there bless her heart I think she's 70 she's um she's from from Boston and she's got a really thick accent and she's just an adorable human being and she sits up there and paints and it was a little bit hard you know going through Christmas because I knew that she was up there alone And, uh, it's just, that's just kind of how it is right now for the population of people that are, are, um, our older, older citizens, um, that they can't take any chances, but I do hear her coming down the stairs and, um, I, I say hi through the door and stuff. And I mean, look, look at this. This is crazy guys. And what it's done to me as a creative is it's basically like, okay, um, when this uh thing happened at the nation's capital i was actually downstairs working and uh it's where where was i when this happened um i'm sure my kids are gonna ask me someday if i have them like where were you dad and you know i was in in new york city downstairs working on music i was literally recording when i come up and find that these uh these radicals have like stormed the capital and were um chanting that we should hang the vice president and they were looking for um different senators and so on i mean it's 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 bananas but that is a question that i'm asking you guys like how much uh how much should we should we talk about this i it's 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 a curious thing like when kind of major stuff goes goes down you see it a lot with actors you know like uh an actor will say a sideways comment, maybe it gets misconstrued, maybe some media outlet like spins it the wrong way and these people have, you know, they're, they're facing like cancel culture, right? Uh, it's it's tricky, I, I, I'm certainly not Tom Cruise, nor do I have the platform that he does And but I think that people basically are like, oh Lord, uh, I don't think I wanna touch that uh, with a 10 foot pole, but the, the truth is, is where I'm always coming from um, is a human place, but I'm coming from a creative place, so I've been talking a lot with like my creative friends about this, and I'm not really, I've written a couple songs about this era, and I've gotta be honest, it's like, wow, am I gonna release this? Um, Do people, is it too soon? Like, do people wanna be reminded? Because believe you me, it's not gonna be long before uh, there's a really bad uh, Nicolas Cage film about the pandemic and, uh, or Alec Baldwin or something. And it's going to be like this swarthy, crappy Hollywood production, sort of like the nine 11 movie. Good God. It didn't take him long. So you can, you can, you could already, uh, I think Joe Biden will be played by like Christian Bale with a ton of crazy makeup on and, uh, maybe Trump will, and I think Baldwin. Yeah. He does a pretty good Trump on SNL and you know, there's, they're going to have they behind the scenes and there's going to be like Barron and Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka. They'll be played like, you know, Renee Zellweger. Or they're going to have Hillary Clinton like in her, her house just like climbing the walls like inconsolable. Just, <laughs> just like wandering around talking to herself, just her mind completely blown. There's going to be like Obama, you know, like just... Driving around, Michelle just like listening to Jay Z, just like, dude, these people have lost their damn mind. I can't believe the country was, we went from the Obama era to this, this absolute, just, just, you can't make it up anymore, man. Um, and I'm not making light of the fact that we are losing the amount of people that we are losing. Um, I call this survivor humor and uh, i go through this with my friends a lot like I, has anybody ever noticed that if you have a friend that's been through a couple divorces or had a mastectomy or you have a you have a friend that uh went through foster care or whatever it is um I, I I see this commonality with people where when you respond to uh, very difficult things, there's always like a tinge of humor to it, and I definitely am am guilty of that, making real you know uh, deadpan or like very dark humor about everything, and like I guess it's a coping mechanism, but there's you know there's there's a lot of like. It just, just, I mean, Ted Cruz, I don't know if people overseas are listening to this, but he's like, uh, he's from Texas. He's a Republican. And he was just still rattling on about this like election fraud. And you're just like, wow, bro, look at you. Where are you going to, uh, how is this, how is history going to uh, hold you in its embrace? Are you on the right side of history or the wrong side? But can you imagine Bernie Sanders? Like the state? That, that guy's like anxiety and anger where that might be probably at he said i just wish i could have like a bird's eye view in all these people's lives like i wish i could see trump you know I, I i wish i could see like like does melania even sleep in the same bed as the guy like this like is there like a family chat where he's like you know hey ivanka you know baron Uh, Donald jr guys get in here. You know, your dad's gonna, he's kind of getting flogged out there. And the truth is, is yeah, I'm a sociopath. Uh, has anyone suggested therapy? Like it's incredible, man. Uh, so I have kind of like a little sad thought, like, man, um, I'm not playing shows. I've done some online and it's just like, Wow as a musician, you really have to stay on it. And and what I mean by that is when you're sort of babysitting like 40 songs, like when you have 40 songs in in your body, like in your brain, in your hands, you really have to run those songs. And what happens to us musicians is what you do is you start playing it, and we'll take like an Augustine song, right? Like let's say um Walkabout, right? So what I'll do is I'll sit down and I'll play like blum, 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 blum. And you look at it and the easy mistake to make is like, okay, I got it, it's tight, I still remember it, everything's good, and you run like a verse of it and then you're performing it and you blank on stuff. And it's like, that's what rehearsal's about. And this is such a tricky time as a live musician, because you have to literally sit and run these songs. So how I've done it is I got a ukulele, as weird as that sounds. So if I'm like, you know, watching TV or, or reading an email or something, I just have my hands going and that's like the best I can do to keep, say, I guess you could say fluent, stay fluent with, with my, my work. Uh, So a lot of different like pandemic Downtime here (laughs) and uh, some interesting things have come to light i was not aware of the uh pixar revolution i i of course i don't know if any of you have ever seen um coco right coco is pretty legit so i'm starting to realize i like different stuff here watching coco um saw a movie called soul which was awesome it was an african-american story about new york and a jazz musician that kind of turned into this like existential journey crazy there was a little short called bow um and it was it's about a korean family and it's just awesome like where 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 were these ideas these progressive um beautiful like mixing sort of existentialism with like ethnicities and different cultures like where was that we grew up on like gumby gumby or (laughs) scooby-doo sorry scoob Uh, but yeah, David, this stuff is awesome. Another thing that I've gotten into, I wish I could remember the title at the moment. It's a series. It's about, this so, it sounds so weird to say it out loud, but there's, it's about like a ballet institute in New York City and like what these kids that go through ballet, um, what their lives are like. It, they literally, they have like this weird like off-campus type of school academic uh, curriculum. And then they... You know, they, they wake up, they do ballet, they go to this, like, little bit of school, then they come back to the ballet, and then they work out again later in the day. And these kids, like, their gait, like, their their hips and they their legs, the way they walk, are, like, molded by all this stretching and, like, muscle building. And they have these, like, crazy old, like, New York ladies with, you know, very New York, bizarre, um, eyeglasses frames and their, their hair they kind of look like an older judy garland and they're like walking around and, and plie plie no 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 plie and, and these kids they're just like so hopeful and frankly they look so pure and like it, it, you just see these kids striving for excellence in a very flawed world and it's it's kind of captured my imagination you know i really i i am i am i dropped out of high school i got my my GED, for people who are not in America, that's what you, that you can kind of take a test, your your equivalent, uh, your equivalency exam, I guess you would call it. And it's basically a high school diploma that you did it, but it's a test. I did that, I dropped that out of high school. And I gotta say, end of the day, man, I've really realized after all these years, like I love the work and I love to work. I love creativity. I love research. I love learning it. I love living it. And I I gotta see when I see these kids, I'm like, man, I wish I, I don't think I would have wanted to go to art school, but maybe a performing arts school. I I wonder what I wonder what I could have done with that. Um, but again, so I'll try to get, I'll try to get the name of this documentary. It's just probably on Netflix. Netflix Ballet New York. Whatever. It's 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 uh, it's new and it's really nice. It's just nice seeing families like support their kids, kids coming from the hinterlands of America coming to New York City, and they're there because of their talent and their dream, and they all try to get in the Nutcracker. It's like, I don't know, Pixar Nutcracker. Where where the hell am I? <laughs> I guess there's... You know what? Maybe there's a commonality here. Maybe it, maybe the commonality is there's an innocence there. Wow. Wow. Chew on that. Uh, there's an innocence there. And that maybe that's something that I feel like has been lost. So, moving forward in more music. I put out my last EP. I am preparing um, my next that will round out this body of work that I call Wild Eyes. And Wild Eyes is is something that i read about when i was writing for this this uh not film this uh record and it was wild eyes was a boat that was found um off the coast of australia and there was this young girl named abby Sunderland that was uh 16 i believe and tried to circumnavigate the world in a boat and i think she left california of which i relate to um, i left at the same age and she tried to go around the world of which i relate to and her boat, the mast on her boat snapped off. Um, Check it out, her name is Abby Sunderland, the boat was called Wild Eyes, and I just really related to this boat because she took a lot of criticism from her community, Uh, people telling her that she she was nuts, that her family was irresponsible and nuts to let her do it, which is actually not, there's a parallel there, not completely unlike being a musician, right? That's like, what are you doing? You you are not you're not gonna go to college like, I, this is this is crazy, uh, and you know we 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 carry on and occasionally our masts snap out in the middle of the Pacific, and uh, they found this boat and you know there's, life has a cruel backhand sometimes. I think the boat should be in a museum, uh, inspiring young kids that if they put their mind to stuff that they can do it no matter the. Uh, the obstacle, um, but to like stay true and and if that's what they believe in, um, jump and leap in the net will appear. But it wasn't it wasn't there was actually a big argument about the people that went and rescued her I believe it was the Australian authorities. It was um, in I want to say it was near Melanesia. I'm not sure. But there was like a big argument about which country was going to have to pay for the rescue effort to go get this girl. And it was just like, oh, brutal. And the thing that got left behind and forgotten about was this vessel as the waves lapped upon the hull of the boat and rocked it back and forth and rolled it and twirled it and smashed it and was bearing down on it. This mass finally can't hang in there any longer and snaps off. And it, It floats there until someone comes and takes the captain of the ship, which is this young girl, and then it's left out in the ocean. I just, when I read that story, it really touched me. So I dedicated um, my album towards this uh, sort of meditation, really. I was um, meditating on this boat and, and how the parallels in my own life and and why it meant so much to me. So my next EP will be the final EP of the record. It's really been nice getting feedback from people. People are asking me where they can buy it, um, physically and so on. And, you know, until further notice when life resumes some kind of normalcy again, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be doing a lot of physical stuff just because shipping times are odd the post in and of itself is a little bit odd right now and i'm just kind of laying back i'm going to be doing everything digitally for the moment so if you want to um, enjoy that music uh this is the third ep out of the record and feel free to it it's on Bandcamp, and i'll am sure i'll be pressing it later on in life and uh, as and when the world starts to resume um any kind of uh and kind of semblance of the life that, that, that we had. But isn't it funny though, that you sit and you go like, wow, somebody actually gave me a hug recently. They just came in there and gave, we both had, I think it was Eric. I went to see Eric at a studio and I was like, Whoa, I think I've given, I would say, I, I don't think I've shaken. I, I have not shaken hands with anybody. Maybe once this year I, I shook somebody's hand and I've, probably had about two hugs, which is pretty incredible in its own right when you think about that. Um, I saw a lot of different people over the holidays with like pictures of their families and stuff. And, um, yeah, I, my cousin actually from, um, from Michigan wanted to come out cousin Dan and he was like, you know, Hey, cause I'd love to come visit you with my, you know, my daughter and my son and my wife, and I was just I had to tell them like, buddy, I don't think this is a good time, um not new York you know and and my sister actually was wanted to come visit as well, and I just kept to tell them like this is not a good time, so what do you do with that stillness? What do you do with that downtime um i have I have dedicated myself to like photography uh film, um uh, trying to learn how to edit and make my own um shorts and my own film stuff. I have dedicated myself to um, home recording, visual art, collage. There's really so much, and I guess my, I, I guess my uh, my outlook is like, look, I'm gonna come out of this thing being not twice the artist I was, but five times the artist that I was going into it, and that's the only thing I can glean from this whole situation um, that uh, gives me um gives me hope is like wake up like all right man now all right bill you think you're an artist let's see the artist that you really are when this when 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 no one's watching like no one's clapping you're not in a tour bus you're not on the radio like who are you creatively and there is no better time than to answer that question right now so that's where my head and heart are and hands are at we're going to take a break you're listening to Honored with William McCarthy, Life Brooklyn. and we are back here's another little positive silver lining entertainment in and of itself right obviously we got we got tv we got netflix and we've got like the weird um kind of cluttery strange online world where you sort of hodgepodge and collage together strange mixes of what your friends are up to information update uh ideas images and you you're like in this sort of strange just clockwork orange moment where your eyes are just kind of like open and just weird stuff's coming all this like you know debris is sort of flying into your iris I one thing that I've been doing that's really been beautiful actually I'm always looking for like connectivity to my grandfather's generation and uh and they go through the great depression and the, the, the the second world war and so on. I'm like, wow, I am listening to so much more radio and I'm not talking music. I'm talking like talk radio. I'm just hearing different people speak, um, and hearing my news that way. And it really is nice, isn't it? Um, I don't, so there's a fellow named Peter Katis. He's a producer and, Augustines did two records with him, and I did a bit of my album Shelter up at his studio. Peter's known for doing um, Midnight Organ Fight, and he also has done all the Nationals records. I think he has done man lots lots of stuff. Um, Gang of Youth's, I think he recently did. He's a wonderful guy. But one of the things with Peter's, he lives up in Connecticut in this old Victorian house. He actually moved out into his own house finally, but his house and studio were one and the same. So when you go there, it's like this old wooden Victorian and a beautiful, like imagine, you know, Americana from 100 years ago, you know, wraparound porch similar to like Savannah in the South or something in it, you know, chipped paint, it's just got a vibe. And one thing that he always has is, is uh, talk radio going and loud because it's a big house, you know, and they don't have, it hasn't run some kind of like sound system through the whole house, but it's, it was always, you would kind of enter this tunnel of, of um, the hard work that you did the night before, your early morning coffee, kind of meditative place by yourself of like, all right, what am I going to do in the studio? Um, how did I do? I'm listening to some tracks, seeing what I can improve. But always there was just sort of this narrative going on I'd say more narration going on in the background about what was going on in the world. And the further that you walked away from the kitchen where the speaker was, you'd kind of walk away from the world into your own sort of headspace or your own zone. And you could go on walks around this area in Bridgeport. A little bit of a scruffy um, scruffy area, actually. But you just kind of walk around. And I think we recorded... We never recorded there in the summer. Um, we, we recorded there, like, mostly in the fall or winter, so it was always a little bit like sparse, like leaves on the ground, kind of um, yeah, kind of wintery and just kind of walking away from the world when you walked away from that speaker and then you'd come back to it or when you had enough of the damn studio and tracking or you'd want to run downstairs, take a break make a sandwich or something, you'd go down there and the speaker would be playing and you'd kind of plug back into the world. I've been doing that as well. And I've been doing something Like as a creative i've been doing something i really believe if you can't see it you can't be it Um, it, and that that extends to songs and visual things like i i personally if i cannot see it um, the chances of it coming out good are probably not great and i i have been waking up at this year has been so strange i've been waking up at obscenely early times Five, four 5.20, uh, but I take it as like a, a gift when I wake up super early. Usually because of there's crazy dump trucks and loud trucks and stuff. I live in an industrial area, then they have <clears throat> they're loud and they'll wake you up. But I've just been going with it. But before I do anything in the day, what I what I have been exercising, which I really love, is I will sit for an hour, just. By myself, sitting there looking up at the ceiling or with my eyes closed, and I will literally just walk through my day like what I want from the day creatively. And it's funny, you're in that kind of morning fog, but you're visualizing it, you're walking through all of it, and you know, the fog lifts. You take a shower, you get on, you have a coffee, you get on with your day, and then it's funny when these things come onto your desk or the guitar case is open or you're editing something or you're creating something, the answers are there. And I have to think that that's because you sort of planted that seed in this sort of half awake state of what you wanted creatively out of the day. And it's it's been amazing for me. It's like the power of, uh, for the creatives out there, the power of visualizing has been like huge. I it, I can't even explain like it's really worth it to wake up a little earlier, at least as a creative, maybe a little advice for other people who are maybe feeling stuck or hitting like a, you know, a creative roadblock, just sit and see it for a little bit and identify it and um, really try to think it like what it looks like, smells like, um how it will feel in your hands, um how the song should feel or how the structure of the song should go. And I I've just been it's been so much more gratifying um to do work that way. And I think that if we weren't in the pandemic, I probably wouldn't be I would be out touring, to be honest with you. So that's another good thing that's come from this. And I'm not, you know, I'm not like the consummate optimist. I'm really not like I, I, you know, I suffer from looking at the hard stuff as well. And sometimes it gets the better of me. But I think in a situation like this, there's, you gotta kind of look at the silver lining or what's the, what's the alternative? Um, the other, so I, I love being in my forties, right? This is, oh, good times. I took a walk. I was like, listen, I'm going to put a couple of beers in my pocket, grabbed a couple cans of beer. And I went on a walk and uh, going back to the beginning of the uh, lockdown, I called it my dial a friend network. i just go on a walk. So I got out of the house, got some exercise and I would call a friend, which was my social life, right? Like I get to check on people um, or I'd check on the Patreon folks and the, the onward people and just seeing different aspects of their lives, reaching out or DM or just keeping in touch with people and seeing how they're, how they're doing. It's hilarious being at this age because no one answers the phone anymore. Is it, is it, is it, is it become just absolutely inappropriate to just call someone or do you have to, is it more appropriate now to text them, to let them know that you will be calling? Because if you just cold call, people really don't pick up. I went through a roster of like eight friends, just trying to get someone on the phone. And it's like, oh man, it's so funny. Just no one is picking up the phone and you're just sitting there like, wow, what am I doing wrong here? But what I did from that point is I drank my two beers and I was sitting out and I I walked out to like the, uh, kind of like the water's edge there, the New York Harbor. It's cold. The wind is like, you know, it's, I think it's in the twenties today, very cold. But at night the wind picks up and I was sitting out there and I'm like, wow, man, I feel like, G- uh, you know, general Shackleton, um, out in the, uh, Antarctic right now. But it was like, it was in like a kind of glacier way, <laughs> it was actually really beautiful. And I was laughing to myself a little bit, like how many times, um, the water and this, this Harbor and this coastline has like entered my songs. And, um, I always think about Bruce Springsteen, uh, famous picture of him, like leaning against a Corvette and you could tell it's kind of winter in New Jersey and it's got that like sparse. Um, almost Chernobyl colored. You know the doc, the, the uh, series Chernobyl. They just show this like um, sort of bleak. It, that's kind of what the orc looks like in, in, in the winter. It's just this bleak grayness. You just seeing Bruce sitting against his, you know, Corvette and his grayness. And I'm like, you know, I guess that's what informs the songs, right? Uh, I saw a doc. Uh, sorry, an interview with Jamie Foxx, the comedian and actor. And he was saying that he doesn't like to fix things all the time in his house because he thinks if he makes his house too polished and streamlined that he won't be funny any longer. That all those those things that he needs to get to add attention for him and it makes him more dynamic. And I, I would say somehow I've lasted for 19 years in this place, maybe there's some of that there. Well, I hope I haven't talked your ear off too much. That's a bit from my uh, my creative place and a little bit of the outside world place and how I'm faring. And I'm wishing you guys all the best out there. Um, again, thanks for supporting my music. Um, for those of you in um, on my Patreon, I really appreciate it. And I work really, really hard, constantly putting out stuff. Literally every other day, I'm I'm making something. And if you're creative out there, just know, hey man, me too, and I got your back and I know it's not easy right now, but again, call to action. If not now, then when. Uh, this is an opportunity for all of us to improve, to outdo ourselves and just push further. That's all I got. Thanks again, guys. You've been listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from New York City.